Hello, Beings of Earth. I'm your host, Neil Herman. Welcome to your Brandcast, where we decode what branding truly is so you can build a dominant econ brand. Today, we'll be diving into part two of our discussion of how the COVID pandemic has changed e-commerce. In the first part, we took a step back and discussed how all crises, even pandemics, are essentially branding problems. Not in the business sense of branding, of course, but in the sense that branding is a psychological tool we use to navigate our lives. And this is why, in the COVID era and beyond, your companies are going to require strong branding to survive. Which brings us to today's episode, part two, where we'll get a bit more practical about the changes COVID is bringing to e-commerce and how to use this era of uncertainty to build a solid foundation for the future. But let's start with a story first. In 1963, Coca-Cola stole an idea from a competitor, RC Cola, a competitor who was way behind Coke in terms of sales and popularity, had released Diet Drive, the first Diet Cola made without sugar in 1958. Following its success, Coke decided it was time to create a diet sugar drink of their own. Until then, Diet Right was the only sugarless drink on the market. Coke saw an opportunity but the Diet Cola world was still a largely untested market. Coca-Cola also had a policy of not putting their brand name on any product other than their original cola. So in 1963, Tab was born. The branding will seem dated from today's standards, but it had the internal consistency all great brands need. The name Tab was a play on words, as a sugarless drink was named at people who wanted to keep tabs on their weight. The marketing campaigns and tagline reinforced this. One popular slogan was a beautiful drink for beautiful people, and constantly mentioned it only had a single carrot. But in 1969, the FDA banned cyclamates, one of the ingredients used to sweeten the drink without calories. Tap continues to use saccharin as a sweetener, but public concerns about its safety started to rise as well. Studies throughout the 70s showed high consumption of cyclamate and saccharin caused cancer in lab animals. The concerns were enough to require Coca-Cola to print health warnings to TAP's packaging, identifying its sweetener as a cancer risk. The label, along with multiple reformulations over the years, alienated consumers. But by the early 80s, the diet drink market proved stable and profitable, so Coke introduced Diet Coke using their brand nickname. Diet Coke was formulated based on TAB's profile and quickly overtook TAB in sales. It was easier for Coca-Cola to market Diet Coke instead of TAB since the name clearly linked the brands for the first time. TAB survived as a very niche, cult-appeal brand for Coke, but in the wake of COVID, Coca-Cola has had to restructure, and TAB is one of the 500 brands that's being discontinued. Aside from COVID's surprise appearance at the end of TAB's story, This little episode actually has a lot to teach us about the age of branding being ushered into e-commerce by the COVID pandemic. Last episode, we discussed that the key challenge in any crisis is communication. Today, as we get more practical, let's refine that, especially for e-commerce. An e-commerce brand's core challenge in the COVID era is the ability to deliver the right message at the right time. The good news is that entrepreneurs have never had better tools at their fingertips to do this. Whether you use these tools effectively 
will depend on if you understand the real changes happening in the industry right now. Actually, not so much in the industry, but changes with the consumers. What TAP can teach us about today is what exactly the right message and the right time means. TAP was a brand designed to speak to a clear target market, people keeping tabs on their weight. And it's important to keep that in mind, that health and beauty have long been synonymous in our minds, but so has health and deprivation. Most of us unconsciously believe that prioritizing health means giving up a lot of things we consider pleasurable, like sweet, sugary drinks. Tav's proposition was very clear. There is no trade-off between health, beauty, and pleasure. You can get your head of sugary taste without worrying about showing up on your waistline. But the warning labels about saccharine safety destroyed that image. Now, TAP continued to sell well beyond despite all these labels because there's a large group of people who are willing to risk undermining their long-term health for weight loss. One calorie is always going to be the right message for some people, apparently. But the launch of Diet Coke was still a lot more appealing to most consumers since the new drink was associated more clearly with the brand consumers already trusted and it didn't have a warning label. In essence, the right message is a message your target customers will find irresistible in light of their particular needs. That is what a right message is. But they also need to be able to hear that message. And in the COVID era, that means tactically, you need to be using the art of soft sell, which again is a territory of branding, just like communication was. As far as the right time, the reality is, as we're all learning right now, we don't have full control over the timing. Sometimes the world changes on a dime and we are forced to pivot or perish. And of course, this year has been every indication of that. Coca-Cola had no control over the FDA's research and ruling on saccharin. Unfortunately, this is something global corporations have learned, and many are now funding research in an effort to control those outcomes. And another insight that we'll recall that we'll be discussing in part was branding sticks. It doesn't matter if it's false. Like the Spanish flu, that's definitely not Spanish. Saccharin, it turns out, isn't a carcinogen. The FDA eventually cleared it as safe in 2001, a little too late for TAP. Again, luckily, e-com entrepreneurs are specially equipped to sense these changes and respond quickly. But in order to thrive, you need to come to terms with the fact that these changes that are happening in e-commerce today they're not short-term. You need a long-term strategy to adapt and stay adaptable. Remember from last episode, branding is a shortcut that helps us recognize the patterns that makes our lives easier, and it helps us make the right choices. Right choices meaning we feel confident about the decision and can make those choices quickly with minimal energy. Identifying the right pattern or right message is even more important to us during times of uncertainty. Familiar patterns reassure us. They give us back a little sense of certainty. In the branding world, uncertain times mean consumers tend to gravitate towards brands they know and trust. Whatever you do, don't underestimate the importance of the psychological impact the pandemic is having on consumers. Because knowing your target customer isn't just about demographics, but psychographics. A brand that sold to teenagers in the 90s 
isn't going to appeal to teenagers today with the same exact approach. Back in 1999, online dating was epitome of desperation. Today, it's mainstream. Understanding your customers' needs, ambitions, fears, and wants are integral to knowing how to communicate with them effectively. It's how to stay relevant. Lifestyle change, culture changes, and as COVID has taught us, world events can suddenly rearrange our priorities. But here's the thing. Communication is a two-way street. Listening to customers is becoming critical for keeping up with how customer needs are changing because those needs change in real time, especially in times of uncertainty. It's why when the pandemic hit, the smartest e-commerce brands engaged in social listening. Brooklinen, for instance, was forced to scrap their planned TV ad campaign and quickly put together a new ad with assets and footage that they already had since lockdowns made filming impossible. They were also very careful to avoid shots that included groups of people or office settings since those images would have been tone deaf to everyone's new social distance and remote work reality. Then they reached out to their customers and just asked them what they wanted from a brand at that time. This is dangerous territory for marketers because there's a tendency to think of advertising as guesswork. We create campaigns we hope will resonate with customers and offers we think that will be valuable to them. These decisions aren't made totally blind. We usually have data or research to point that way, but there's usually a leap of faith that happens on the last mile. And certainly, when TV and print were the main marketing channels, there was a sense that brands were dictating to consumers what the trends were, what was and wasn't cool, what was and wasn't attractive. Tap certainly played this game, including four beautiful people in their slogan, especially with a product associated with weight management that wouldn't exactly fly today. The internet making even the biggest brands so accessible has gone a long way to equalizing the playing field. It's just not acceptable for brands to speak down to consumers anymore. And conversations with consumers are now a critical part of the process. Consumers' patience for shame-fueled marketing has also tanked. Consumers are demanding more customer-centric and empathetic business models, which includes listening to consumers' real needs. This was an insight Brooklyn and decided to double down on the COVID crisis. Justin Lapidus, the SVP of Growth Marketing and Digital Products at Brooklinen, he explained to Adweek recently that, frankly, there's no reason to guess anymore. And that Brooklinen has seen increased sales during COVID because they've been willing to put aside their pride and deliver exactly what customers want. It's outside thinking that can be a huge asset. Domino's did something similar. Like most brick-and-mortar chains, Domino's had months' worth of marketing campaigns and plans in the pipeline and already produced when COVID hit. Overnight, they were forced to throw them out. Their business could easily have suffered from fewer sales because of heightened anxiety about food safety and the shuttering of all sports, a common excuse to order pizza. Early in March and April, confusion about how the virus spread was at its peak. And for a product like pizza, which is literally handmade, and has people's hands all over the dough and handling toppings, it could have been a nightmare. So like Brooklinen, Domino started with content. First, they reshot commercials, but gave them a Zoom teleconferencing look and feel to mirror everyone's new reality. 
then they drill down onto emphasizing the safety of the product by explaining the food safety measures that they had in place. Like how after being made, their pizza is put in a 400 degree oven and then isn't touched until it reaches the customer. Even though this is something Domino's has been doing for years, communicating it to people was now suddenly pressing and relevant since trusting food safety is now a key purchase driver. Of course, these were two brands who were able to find the right message for the time when things changed. But it's just not a marketing pitch. Most of the changes in e-commerce right now are due to more people being online at the same time. Even for those of us who were already entrenched in the digital world, lockdowns and restrictions rapidly expanded what we do online. Doctor's appointments, schooling, exercise classes, work meetings, activities that were only niche online activities last year are now suddenly mainstream. But people have much higher expectations for a good experience online, no matter what they're doing, especially in a time when there's so many disruptions to our lives. With the online world as a major lifeline, there's a baseline expectations for things to work. And in our emotionally charged environment, disruptions cause a disproportionate negative impression. And this has had a few consequences. For one thing, brands that hadn't invested in e-commerce were left scrambling when the pandemic hit. And in many cases, consumers quickly found alternatives. The sudden off-switch to retail also exposed brands whose offline and online experience weren't aligned. This matters because a major factor driving decision is security. When it comes to brand decisions, that manifest as consumers gravitating to familiarity, comfort, and trust. But if they logged online to their favorite retailer and found an online experience that didn't match what they knew, their tolerance was pretty low. The lesson from brands now is that just being online isn't enough. You have to be offering a branded experience, which brings us to the next layer of what it takes to craft the right message. Even though online sales in the spring exceeded holiday peaks, not every brand was ready to take advantage of this because they hadn't invested in a branded experience. And this is only getting more important as the pandemic evolves. While sales are usually the first thing entrepreneurs worry about, to build the emotional connection that underlines the right message, it now needs to be the last thing to worry about. About 40% of consumers say they're more mindful about how they're spending money due to the economic impacts of COVID. But this is what consumers mean when they say they want a seamless brand experience. It means that transactions should be easy and it doesn't call attention to itself. That the process of getting to a purchase offers an emotional payoff as well, one that's worth just as much as the actual product that they receive. Consumers spending more time online has led to an increase in window shopping as people browse more casually. The holidays were an exception, but it means that brands need to create non-linear purchase journeys and funnels to capture and attract customers. Having an interconnected brand experience across channels that caters to the whole funnel is more important than ever. More customers are buying through socials and more are using mobile wallets, for instance. The opportunity for you is that 58% of consumers in the spring said they found brand touch points inconsistent across channels. So whether they were connected with the brand through their social profile or on the website, they reported feeling like they were communicating with separate entities. Again, 
the primacy of communication comes forth. Fixing your channel strategy is as much about clarifying your communication strategy as anything else. Having non-linear paths to purchase are key for brands capturing more sales in the COVID era. Of course, brands themselves haven't been immune from the uncertainty of the economic impacts of COVID either. On the upside, more people spending more time online led to a drop in ad cost. This was certainly a welcome change, as previously, those rates were skyrocketing with no end in sight. And generally, those ads have been doing better, especially in places where the restrictions were more intense. Consumers are more willing to engage with an ad on social networks when their in-store options are limited, or they're less attractive due to the social distancing measures. This has led to e-commerce brands making a big shift towards performance marketing, making sure they're getting ROI on every marketing dollar that they spend. A smart move in uncertain times, but you can't forget about your brand. The emotional needs of consumers are paramount right now, and that requires a human touch in all your messaging and marketing. The Maui cookie lady is a good example of this. They're a bakery in Hawaii that specializes in cookies, and the bulk of their sales come from foot traffic largely from tourists. The pandemic forced them from a 30% online business to a 100% online business, but they were able to make it work because they emphasized the emotional appeal of their products. In case of lucky timing, they made it onto QVC, something that had been works pre-COVID. The wider reach of the platform and the fact that Hawaii was close to tourists ended up working in their favor as being able to get the cookies outside of Hawaii became part of their USP. And this was coupled with better online tools like a calendar that allows customers to order cookies ahead of time for birthdays and other milestones, their online sales grew by nine times. In addition, their average order value rose by 44%. Again, brands have always sold lifestyle, but it's more important than ever in a time when people are looking for certainty and comfort. Something you need to balance with performance marketing. Which brings us back to the point that you need to understand what your customers' needs are at the moment, especially as this is a quickly evolving situation, even months later. The shift has thus been towards marketing as a real-time practice. And this is important even if maybe if you are a category that hasn't benefited from the e-commerce COVID surge. You can still engage customers in a way that sets a strong foundation going forward. It just might take a little creativity. And here's an example of a brand that exercised sheer creativity. For instance, West Elm, a home decor and modern furniture brand, created a series of free backgrounds for Zoom calls. Backgrounds that featured their furniture, how smart. It wasn't just a clever way to showcase their products, but it also created a solution to problem a lot of customers were actually facing. And with all the distance learning and remote work and the rise of Zoom calls, people might not have the time or patience to stage their home to look presentable, even though your Zoom room is now technically a professional environment. So the backgrounds allowed users to hide their laundry baskets and sinks filled with dirty dishes. It was a recognition of a real pain point that delivered a real solution, but it still showcased their products, just with a much softer touch. And even though West Elm sells modern pieces, they were careful to make the backgrounds warm and cozy instead of edgy and minimalist, 
as they realize people are gravitating towards home comfort rather than hyper-minimalism. In all, West Elm found a way to deliver a more comfortable, safe home, even without making a sale. Finally, the right message needs the right tone. Not just in terms of finding an appropriate message for the time, but it still needs to stand out. Now's the time to showcase your brand personality if you have one that is. In a crisis like this, it can be tempting to hold back because you don't want to make a misstep. But keep in mind, what you do now will have a long-term effect on your brand. This is an opportunity to set a strong foundation, whether you've been in business for years or you're just getting off the ground. Consumers crave more emotional connection in crisis, especially as this one is marked by isolation and social distance. And ignoring COVID is basically impossible and would come off as a denial, which is worse impression you could leave. But as we discussed last episode, the COVID branding that emerged in the early weeks of pandemic was remarkable in its blandness. And frankly, there are only so many times you can say, we are here for you, without it sounding like hollow lip service. Without the sincerity and distinction of a unique personality and voice, you're increasingly at risk at sounding insincere. Now we get to nail the right time with your message. The other big shift happening is that lockdowns didn't just push our customers online, they pushed more brands online. In particular, huge well-known brands that have traditionally relied on retail and wholesalers like Pepsi. Early on, Pepsi realized demand for the products was through the roof and that there was an opportunity to provide an e-commerce option. In the space of 30 days, they were able to launch two entirely new e-commerce sites, PantryShop.com and Snacks.com. In other words, you're facing more competition from well-known professional brands, and they're not just going to pack up and go back to retail once COVID is behind us. A few cut corners and duct tape won't hold your business together until the economy stabilizes. For the foreseeable future, uncertainty is going to be the new normal, which means familiarity, comfort, and trust are all going to be primary purchase drivers long-term. Like I mentioned at the outset, one of the challenges of the right time is that it's not under your control. That is why having built-in agility is very critical. You need to be able to pivot quickly to make sure the timing of your message lands well. Another victim of bad timing is a long-defunct weight loss company, AIDS. They sold appetite suppressants in the 70s but found themselves in trouble in the 80s. Just as they were ramping up advertising in the HIV-AIDS pandemic, known for causing rapid and dramatic weight loss, made the appetite suppressant brand toxic. Fortunately, agility is one of the main advantages of e-commerce. Domino's, for instance, was able to adjust so quickly to COVID because they'd already spent years investing in an agile e-commerce infrastructure, so they were able to pivot quickly. You have all the right tools. But the core to agility is a brand with a strong North Star. In other words, you need a brand purpose and clear values, which helps you keep track of what matters most to your target audience. They also allow you to change your approach without losing your brand's familiarity and its emotional connection with customers. One of the most underrated advantages of being purpose-led is that it's the best way to navigate a volatile climate. And having a purpose you stick to in a crisis is what proves that your right message is genuine. Even post-COVID, 
consumer tolerance for superficial brands is going to be non-existent. And with all brands being pushed to take e-commerce seriously, the era of getting ahead with a better tactic is way behind us now. It's not going to be enough just to look different from competitors. You will actually need to be distinct because you offer real solution or value. Especially as our collective confidence in institutions is sinking, people are increasingly looking to the private sector for the tools to build better lives that are safer, healthier, and more meaningful. Fact is, brands are going to have to work harder to capture and maintain awareness, trust, and loyalty, which is why you need to be building that foundation right now. And one last thought. In case you're launching a business right now, don't be intimidated by the talk of familiarity. It doesn't mean that you've been shut out. It just means you need to be building a brand that's consistent. And yes, sending the right message at the right time, signaling a pattern of comfort and trust. It all comes down to that pattern. The upheaval of this era means that more people than ever are going to question their assumptions. And if a familiar brand lets them down, they'll gravitate to a brand that makes their choices clear and easy. And none of this is a new phenomenon. Branding is at the heart of any time of uncertainty and crisis because it streamlines our decision-making and it helps us understand how we should respond. It may be the most substantial change COVID has brought to e-commerce. It has accelerated the need for branding from a competitive edge to an imperative for survival. Not because it's a business practice, because it's a human practice. But if you'd like to learn more about branding in business, and especially for e-commerce, and of course you do because you're here, we offer a free book, Checkout, that will walk you through our proprietary 7C brand building process. Head over to ebrandbook.com if you're interested in learning more. Meanwhile, you've been listening to eBrandcast, where we decode what branding truly is, so you can build a dominant e-com brand. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode, but hey, do you tell us by leaving a review. Since our podcast is brand new, reviews are critical for helping us get established. They increase the visibility of the podcast, but more importantly, your feedback helps us improve and provides you with more value. And as a thank you for taking the time, we're offering everyone who leaves us a review free lifetime access to the 7C Canvas platform. It's an online tool that allows you to fill out, save, and share as many versions of the 7C Canvas as you can come up with. What's the 7C Canvas? It's the ultimate one-pager building block technique to create an e-commerce brand strategy. It accompanies our flagship 7C method and is the perfect companion for our book, Checkout. Getting access is an easy three-step process. First, post a review on Apple Podcast. Five stars is always welcome. Second, take a screenshot of your review. And finally, email your screenshot to reviews at ebrandbuilders.com and we'll reply back with instructions to access the new home of your brand strategy. Can't get enough of eBrandcast? You can find more episodes at ebrandcast.com and you can make sure you never miss a new episode by subscribing. Thank you again for tuning in today. See you in the next one. Bye for now.